there was this feeling that I well I had this feeling as a nine year old that it was like your big friendly jovial dad was replaced by like a new harsh dour stepdad who was clearly going to get the job done when Fergie came in he was a bit scary to, to a little kid Fergie he was very serious and but you know it was exciting because he'd won all that stuff at Aberdeen and Atkinson had you know failed to win the league and it looked like we might actually compete for the league under Ferguson and, but you know even even so as, as a kid as I've said many times I didn't really care about the league it was it was the FA Club glory of the Atkinson years was enough for me I don't suppose we need to Lord Ferguson's reign do we because we, we do it every year I think it's it's an annual thing isn't it but um, yeah it's a, it's a good point uh, about Ferguson yeah, a little bit of shock of the unknown I suppose with, with Fergie coming in and, and Ron being a big lovable racist that he is and, and everyone kind of got used to him but you know, the change was needed and, and change was made and a change at Old Trafford of course because Ferguson's getting a statue that's about the 480th statue I think dotted around Old Trafford there's quite a few anyway at least two of Busby one of Fergin and the Holy Trinity and of course uh, we'll have to have one of Giggs, Neville and, and Skulls when they uh, have all retired. Uh, it's a funny one isn't it because the thing is there are lots of statues at Old Trafford but there definitely should be one of Sir Alex Ferguson. It's it's obvious and, and let's hope they do a good job and Fulham have got the market cornered in quirky odd statues so we'll just go with the traditional route of celebrating the boring old successful players and managers of our club and we're just not going to put up a random statue to Manny out the Stone Roses in front of the Stretford End you know. Which... That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be good. It would be good. Uh, one of Tony Wilson. Ah, Tony Wilson, hero of the music scene. Well, there was some football this week, of course, not just celebrating Ferguson's new statue. The, the statue is actually unveiled at Old Trafford ahead of the QPR game in a couple of weeks' time. So we'll get to talk about that all over again. Hooray! Yay! On the pitch, two victories for United in the last few days. Uh, you know, neither resounding, I'd say. There were certainly challenges in both. And first, Arsenal, which was a strange game, because in many ways, United absolutely battered Arsenal. Completely dominated the game, uh, yet it was 2-1. That Cazorla goal at the end sort of brought into sharp relief how important it was that United scored a second out of all their domination. Because at 1-0, it did really feel like at any moment this could all go disastrously wrong, even though we absolutely decimated them. If it had been 8-2 again, it would not have been an unfair reflection of the difference in quality between the two sides. Arsenal's defending was insane. Thomas Vermeulen clearly just assuming that ORVP was still RVP and played for their lot. The inevitable came pretty early on in the match. Uh, as, as, as Robin opened the scoring. Well, yeah, very now. Nice. I thought you were going to talk about the inevitable abuse from the stands for a minute then. There's some rather uncharitable comments, I think, from the Arsenal fans questioning his... his well, I was going to say his parentage, but it was even worse than that, wasn't it? They suggested he might be a rapist and a paedophile and something that we're not allowed to say on a family show, beginning with C and ending in T. Yes, it was It was all a bit unfortunate and all a bit totally and utterly inevitable. Uh, Van Persie, insanely classy in his post-match interview, just with the kind of, oh, you know, I respect the fans, I didn't hear anything, you know, just brilliant. And he's like, yep, I stuck it to him. What he was really saying was, yep, it's all right, I don't really mind them singing loads of abuse at me because I scored a goal and they lost. So, 1-0 to Robin, RVP1, Arsenal fans nil, etc. Well, yes, yeah, no, well, quite, and uh, I think he's very dignified because he, he was clearly lying about that oh yeah but yeah but you know fair, fair enough and, and he was nice in his celebration and uh, uh, kind of a po- 
apology to the skies, wasn't it? And, uh, and yeah, very, very nice. But uh, you're right, coming back to your original point, uh, United absolutely desperately needed that second goal in the end. And it, it kind of felt like that way for a loss of the game, didn't it? After United were ahead, that the 1-0 just definitely wasn't enough, even though there's complete domination, just throwing away chances. And you said that it wouldn't have been strange if it was 8-2. Well, probably right, because Arsenal had two chances and United had 13 in the game. And, and 13 chances to two was a good reflection of the dominance United had. It, it could have been an awful lot more and it was very lucky for Arsenal that it wasn't. Or wasteful for United that it wasn't. And, and Ferguson rightly was pretty displeased about that after the game. He's spoken many times about how goal difference is crucial and, and he won't allow the club to lose on a title on goal difference again. And, and come the end of the season, if United lose by a couple of goals again, uh, we'll have this one to look back on. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last one we have to look back on. I mean, it's in, it, was a, it was an interesting game. Just to briefly touch on the Van Persie celebration, it was, if you watch it, he goes to run off and celebrate because really he's just absolutely delighted and then he remembers oh no wait a minute I'm supposed to do that thing where ex-footballers pretend they're not delighted they've just scored against their old club and the two hands up you could say it's a kind of apology or you could say it's a well you know frankly lads what did you expect I am Robin Van Persie I do score quite a lot of goals do you know what he really should have done uh, he should have turned up the collar that doesn't exist on the current shirts and just uh <laughs> Looked around all four corners of Old Trafford because he's become that important already. I mean, look, I, I know it's a ridiculous comparison uh, and some have made it to, to Cantona and all that, but United looked blunt without Van Persie in the side and he, he 10 goals, that is what, 10, 11 goals now, including Braga in all competitions and absolutely central to United's success or failure come the end of the season an astronomically effective signing and we're all really hoping that he maintains form and fitness I mean at some point you'd expect the form to drop because he's not Ronaldo he's not Messi and the league's more competitive I guess and the team that he's playing in is not quite to the same standard in terms of providing chances for him so he's he's probably not going to keep up this pace of scoring throughout the whole season I mean last season he absolutely flew out the blocks didn't he and then it slowed down a little bit well it did but then Arsenal do cave in the spring every year and this is where United get stronger so we'll, we'll see about that one I think Ferguson's trying to use him quite smartly didn't didn't bring him on until past the hour in Braga and that was only out of desperation really wasn't it and I think if United had been more comfortably winning in Braga then he wouldn't have come on at all so I think Ferguson's trying to make sure that he doesn't burn out and that he's still fit and sharp come the end of the season you know he's just a joy and he, uh, Wayne Rooney no respecter of the concept of narrative decided that he would take the penalty against Arsenal which seemed to be a terribly poor decision in more ways than one yeah I mean you know listen Rooney's, Rooney's sometimes hits a really great penalty and sometimes doesn't and his scoring record's not that brilliant from penalties there's a lot of debate amongst fans about whether he should be taking them or not but surely Van Bersi absolutely would have been nailed on to score against Arsenal well, I wonder whether his ego might have got to him and he might have tried something stupid like in his first game. The interesting point about Rooney, because that's 7 out of 20 he's missed in the, in the Premier League at least. And, and that's not a great ratio. I mean, we, we talked about uh, favourite books a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And, and Soconomics, or Why England Lose, has a, a good bit on penalty ratios. And basically it's 9 out of 10, you know. So, so Wayne Rooney's well below the ratio you'd expect and, and even further below the ratio you'd expect of a high-quality player. So that tells me that he shouldn't be taking United's penalties. I've seen him miss some shockers and, and that was a pretty bad one to actually miss 
from it is pretty bad and of course he took the one against Braga in midweek and basically only scored because he knocked it off his left foot looped into the top corner so it, it's a little odd to me I think if he keeps taking the penalties he's going to keep missing because that's what history tells us all round United's performance was kind of interesting they created a lot of chances didn't take a lot of chances actually Van Persie himself missed a couple didn't he and and you know but United you, you know, generally were in complete control of that match and it was nice that, that for a start for a change we were the ones uh, scoring really early on in the football match instead of conceding to get us going one way or another we need a goal to get us going though because against Braga uh, in midweek it required us going behind and then David Gill unplugging all the lights for a bit so Fergie could have a second go with a hairdryer because the first time it had misfired or something perhaps because that generator wasn't working properly and then finally you know it flew into action in the last 10 minutes and and got three yeah well it was it was kind of illuminating wasn't it the response from United sorry Right, very poor. On Twitter, I, I asked people to share their jokes, and there were hundreds of really, really, really poor floodlight jokes. I, I loved every single one of them. I, I really liked what Dwight York said, Manchester United need a bit of spark. No, they, he said they need a spark, which is, of course, synonym for an electrician. I was like, no, really, Braga need a spark because they got to make the lights come back on. Notable that game for the fact that up until the last 15 minutes, by far the most interesting thing was that the lights went out. Oh, yeah, it was really dull. It was really dull and a, quite a tepid performance from United on the back foot. Basically happy to soak up pressure and then see what came but um it the, the lights going out really really did help chris molling has said today that that it gave them the kind of kick they needed and obviously went back into the dressing room i'm sure ferguson had a few words about what was going on and because he wasn't very good up till then it wasn't that much better afterwards but but you know van percy made a big difference didn't he in terms of united's shape and you know the penetration through Braga's back four so yeah lights going out was definitely interesting second thing that was yeah, interesting is the weirdness of the braga stadium with a rock face at one end and a bit of tufty grass at the other and uh, some stands in the middle so this is uh, they, they said on the tv braga's golden era maybe maybe it is you know they're, they're basically a, a fairly small town club and and they're playing in the champions league so great for them shame on their special occasion they couldn't keep the lights going uh, yeah um alan weird name for a footballer Alan, just of all the of all the cool things you could choose as a Brazilian footballer to have on your back, I was just thinking that you know the legacy you got Socrates, Zico, Alan, Alan and Fred up front as well. That's something that we should try and find a way for the football gods to make happen. Braga gave United some problems as we predicted last week that they would, but not ultimately. We basically unleashed the firepower, didn't we, at the end of that game? What do you make of the penalty? Was it a pen? It's hard to say. I, I would say it's one of those where Rini's definitely looking for it. I, I think whether there was contact or no contact, Rooney was going to go down. That's the right situation to do it because he nipped in in front of the defender and the defender left a leg in. So there may have been contact. It's really hard to tell. Got to say at that speed, who knows? But Rooney was pretty clever about winning it. And then he sort of slightly nearly fell over and managed to not quite fall over enough to score the pen this time. Yeah, I wasn't even sure which way he was going. Are you? I've looked. I've looked at the replay about fifty times, and I have to say, from some angles, it looks like he actually whacks it off his left foot, and it goes the other way than he was intending to strike it. Either way, he got very, very lucky that it went in. Very lucky. Yeah, and I mean, surely he's got to be taken off him. Really, you got Van Persie in the side. I don't understand why you would put the penalties in Rooney's hands. 
Yeah, uh, because he's the man in possession, I suppose. But yeah, Ferguson's not normally this indecisive, is he? He, he and look, look at the goalkeeper situation. You know, he's quite happy to chop someone after one mistake. But seven in twenty sounds pretty bad. Oh, I suppose it's it's uh, seven in twenty-one now for Rooney. Yeah, and we've actually scored a couple of penalties. <laughs> yeah, which is which is definitely a bonus. Um, Chicharito's goal. Talking of lollerific goals, fantastic. Just kept kicking it at them until it went in the net. A, a real kind of hacking strikers for. Well, that's that's one of those where you're at the TV shouting, shoot, shoot, for the love of God, shoot. And then I read a bit of poetry and uh, wrote a discourse on the American elections. And then finally, he actually did shoot. He did. American elections, interesting, uh, notable for the wide-ranging Manchester United-related support for Barack Obama in this election. Rooney, Ronaldo, Andy Cole, Ruud van Nistelrooy, all coming out in favour, and Ravel Morrison, some random bloke tweeting a load of really specific reasons why the Republican agenda was sort of significant. And, like, you know, I didn't agree with any of the things he tweeted, but they were they were fairly reasonable and, like, politically thought out, but all addressed to Ravel Morrison seemed a very odd target, a very odd person to try and convert. Yeah, so I mean, when I when I think about the great political commentators of our time, Ravel's not that high up on the list. To be fair, zap zap zap, my boy Barack say nada. <laughs> the election to one side after your discourse on it was written, Cheech did make it three one, and in the end, we've qualified really comfortably. I think that guarantees we top the group, right? It, it does. Yep. So uh, they're on three, three, and four. The, other teams so United can send out the stiffs in the next two games and, and still top the group which is which is great right look you can't argue with four wins out of four what you can say is that United really haven't played that well in all four of them basically I mean honestly and so there's either a lot more to come or the first good team that United play we're going to get stuffed yeah, I'm slightly in leaning in the sort of optimistic camp there, though. I think you you can say defi- definitively that this team has started to show some real character, and there's been some real proper old-fashioned Manchester United come from behind, score loads loads of goals, do loads of attacking. It's all it's all a bit exciting and and Manchester United-ish, really. Well, yes, and I, and I think the attacking resources cause trouble to any team on the continent. Clearly, I mean, there, there's so much talent in attacking areas that you know. United again score goals against anyone. The, the trouble comes in what shape is there in midfield. So will Ferguson say we draw a pretty decent side in the in the next round? Will Ferguson end up compromising the attacking shape to get an extra player in midfield? Play quite narrow against Braga. Is that the way that they're going to play in Europe? Ongoing? Does that mean sacrificing a, a winger or two? in fact and so there are a lot of questions still I have to say there's at least two maybe three gears that United will have to go through to actually trouble the best in, in Europe and defensively got to be better definitely got to be better defensively haven't managed to secure a clean sheet very often this season have we managed to secure a clean sheet this season? Yeah, three of them. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's that's more than I can remember. The, d- talking of wingers, actually, uh, worth saying that none of our wingers are playing well. Uh, Valencia up against one of the worst left-backs in the history of left-backing in Santos, given the absolute freedom of Manchester, got into fantastic positions time and time again. But one of the reasons it wasn't 8-2 was because Valencia had a really poor game and he's, he's just not in the best of form at the moment, is he? And obviously Nani well out of form and Ashley Young trying to find his feet in the squad again following injury so you know it, it's not so natural for us to be playing with uh, wingers at the moment is it 
Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully Valencia comes back into form. It was a little odd playing him right back. I kind of understand why they did it because Rafael needs a break and, and there aren't too many other op- options defensively because of all the injuries and all of that. So I, I hope at the weekend we see Valencia back in his natural position on the right wing, tearing a new one to left backs all over the country. Got to remember that a couple of weeks ago he had a pretty good game against Chelsea and, and gave Ashley Cole a pretty torrid time. So I, I'm not too worried about Valencia's form at all, really. I think he'll come back. Nani, Nani's a real problem, definite real problem. I mean, he got hauled off uh, Rafael against Braga. Some thought that he might be injured. I, I thought he was lording it on a bit thick with this uh, injury. We'll see whether he's actually injured, if he turns out of the weekend or not, because the shape wasn't working effectively right so and and Ashley Young I assume he'll come back into the side for the weekend because Ferguson likes him even if you know my opinion of him is that he's just a touch below the the very best and I, I suspect that's the opinion of most United fans yeah, I mean, a, a lot of United fans put him a long way below the very best, and I think being just a touch below the very best is fine, you know, because you don't need every single player in the squad to be the best player in the world in that position, do you? Yes, we do. <laughs> well, we're going to have to sign. There's a couple of players we're going to have to sign. Uh, one of them's Falcao, and I think he might be a little bit out of our price range. You mentioned in the in the rundown of the show today, you're pleased to see the return of Chris Smalling. I am, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a lot to offer, Chris Smalling. It, it, some weaknesses in his game. Uh, principally distribution I think and uh, he can be a bit smarter about that and there were some clearances against Braga that he could have passed and instead he launched it so maybe that will come with maturity but he's got all the physical attributes I mean he's great in the air he's a great defender and uh, he gets in the right positions most of the time and and you feel like there's more to come from him and and he'll be a real asset to United just gives United a few more options now I kind of hope that Ferguson uses him in the centre and doesn't switch him to right back again because clearly he's he's not a right back he does well there physically but I I think in the final third it's pretty poor and Raphael's having a great season and it'd be really a real shame to disrupt that rhythm that Raphael's finally built up but but just in terms of having a few extra options it's great that Smalling's back and Phil Jones what, what's the the prognosis at the moment on Jonesy looks, looks like a couple of weeks yeah he's training but just a little bit behind so as long as he doesn't get injured again because that's a problem he he had some back problems and he got this knee injury didn't he so let's let's hope because he's been a bit fragile recently and I think part of that was was overuse uh, initially and and let's hope he's had a good rest and he's back and and then Jones has still got to find his his best position hasn't he and you know he looks like he's a goal waiting to happen in central defense does well at right back but it's not necessarily natural and, and in central midfield I'm not sure I've ever seen him actually have a good game yet so still lots to prove but still very young Okay, well, I think that covers the games earlier in the week, and apart from Sir Alex's yet another landmark, which was one every couple of games, so we don't really need to talk about that, we've got a little bit of spare time on this week's show, so I thought maybe we'd do a few extra listener questions, and we've got some very grown-up series football-related ones for Ed, and some ones, let's just say, tangentially football-related for me. So, first of all, Ed, question from at Carlos underscore Anubis. If Vidic was sold due to injuries and I can't refuse offer, would you make ORVP captain? Well, we had a similar question a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? He would be a natural fit just because of his experience and the talismanic status he's now gained at United and all of that. Of course, Ever is the vice captain, effectively, so it's kind of a it's kind of a you know theoretical question, really, because Patrice would take over. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Um, but I mean, would you would you just do that? Would you just go with Patrice, or would you would you do the thing of make keeping Patrice as vice captain? I, I think it's a bit early for Robin Van Persie to get 
get the captaincy at United, really. On the pitch, I don't think it's an important role. I think uh, people in England overstate it, and most of most of Europe just gives it to the senior player. Uh, it's not it's not someone who needs to be shouting and bawling and good old John Terry style. So, and, and I'm of I'm of that opinion too. And, and I think Patrice has earned it because he's been at the club a long time. He's a senior player for differing reasons. Uh, Rio Ferdinand and Ryan Giggs aren't uh, aren't in the running anymore, and, and so he's the natural next choice. Okay, at Happy Hero says, given that we tend to come back from a goal down or two, do you think our luck's going to run out soon? And I was thinking about this, and it kind of already has against Tottenham. Uh, it sort of pre-ran out, didn't it? Well, yes, I suppose so. Um, I don't know whether there's a, a quantifiable amount of luck that <laughs> United has. So thinking about it in terms of running out, I'm not sure that's quite the right way of thinking about it. I, th- I think the problem is United just have to concentrate at the beginning of games and have to defend better. And there might be an issue with the, the type of personnel United have got in central midfield. I mean, interesting to see uh, Wayne Rooney and Ryan Giggs holding for much of the game against Braga and Anderson further forward. And they swapped around a little bit. So uh, I, there's a bit of an issue with the defensive side of midfield. There's an issue with uh, central defenders uh, because they're all getting injured or make mistakes. And uh, and so it's not luck. It's definitely something we can fix. I'm not sure whether they can fix it with the personnel in the squad right now. Worth saying, Anderson, um, impressive in his cameo against Arsenal, maintaining that good form, but then pretty, pretty, pretty woeful against Braga. Played not really in his favour position, but still uh, just passing off. Once again, fitness looks a big issue. Uh, I, I don't know. The people that are absolutely convinced he's going to come good at United, I, I don't know where they get their optimism from. Sixth season, as at Sleepy Nick pointed out. Question from at Red Heart United. Are you a fan of Wayne Rooney in a midfield role or would you prefer him to be deployed as a striker more often? Uh, we talked about this a lot last season. I do think things the, the question is very different when you put Van Persie in the mix. Van Persie dis, uh, describing him and Waza as both nine and a halves, but Wayne basically an eight against Braga. Yeah, I prefer him playing at 10. Let's just throw all the numbers in there. I, I think I think at 10, he's fantastic. I think he's got the, the kind of vision and uh, ability to uh, get into scoring positions or play people in, and, and, and the ball can still go through him. It looks just so easy for him playing in central midfield. And, and I think it's it's not that he can't play there. Clearly he can. He, he spreads the ball everywhere. He works hard. I think that's part of the reason, actually, sometimes he would, you, you saw him, you watch the replays, he's kind of in a flat two with Ryan Giggs because he works really hard and does the defensive side well, whereas Anderson, I'm not sure about that and and he got on the ball loads players are looking for him so you know he's he's great isn't he, he he's he's going to be really classy there because he's a classy player but the damage is going to be caused slightly further forward and so i think it's a bit of a waste to have him in central midfield and it's a stopgap because united don't have a classy central midfielder so i think he should play at 10 i, I like the shape when united play two holding in midfield and and wayne rooney at 10 and then two wide and, and van percy up front i think that's going to work for us this season i think we need the two holding just to give some protection and i think the problem is for the most part we don't quite have the right players to do the two holding no absolutely and you know i my tuppence worth about rooney midfield is it's he's n- he's not a midfielder he's he's he can do it he's i think he's definitely getting better and i i i think he's all round game when he plays in midfield is improving and he's, he's sort of making more intelligent decisions but you know his natural instinct is to be a number 10 and so you do you do lose something of that but then you do you gain creativity further in deeper positions and you know so it's a, it's a great asset to have and if he builds that it builds his ability to play that role over time that's potentially really it's just a really useful weapon in Fergie's arsenal 
at Maz underscore man underscore United asks, am I the only one not to even react when Braga scored? It's becoming as inevitable as the coin toss. And I must say, I did feel a bit like, oh, good, you know, the, the United will have to start playing now. But you do worry that at some point they'll they'll ride their luck a bit too far in, in, in one of those. Well, this is the point about when United get to play better teams in the knockout stages. We're going to keep conceding goals, right? And, and the question is whether we can keep scoring them as well, because against better teams, we'll have less possession, less chances. And uh, one of those days, we're going to miss some chances and it's not going to quite go our way. And in the knockout stages, that one of those days means you're out. In fact, the one time where we've gone behind to a decent side this season, we've not been able to turn it around. You know, we've done it against weaker sides often, uh, but when we ran into a side with actually that had some organisational resilience, we weren't able to break them down uh, in that Tottenham game. Okay, it's time to get into the much more important subject of slightly ridiculous questions and a nice easy one to ease us in because it's vaguely football related. You can have one United number seven in their pomp in the side now, who? And at Anton Alfie put a Cantona video on YouTube this week and it's three and a half minutes long and it's the best Cantona video I've ever seen. It's beautifully cut together and just my heart was completely filled by the end of it. I... I've never, ever felt the way I feel about Eric, about another player. Ronaldo might be, like, better than than Eric. Ronaldo's definitely better than Eric in some sort of empirical sense. But Eric's miles better than Ronaldo in all other senses. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Eric, Eric's my choice every time. And we've had some wonderful number seven. So, I mean, just think of them. Best, Robson, Cantona, Ronaldo, Steve Koppel. Eric is just my favourite footballer ever and he's not the best footballer ever but when you watched him play he just looked different to everyone else he looked like he was playing a different game he was playing it for a different reason and there was there was something about his sense of purpose and majesty he's just just a class onto himself so yeah number seven in 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 their pomp in the side now would be Eric Cantona albeit if if my only interest was in us winning things I suppose you would take Ronaldo surely football means more than that all right, so we get to the, the big stuff now. At Dylan underscore MUFC asking, if you had to pick one United player to be gunged by Dave Benson Phillips on Get Your Own Back, who would it be and why? I, I don't even know what Get Your Own Back is or who Dave Benson Hedges is. I, I explained to Dylan that we're both old men and so we don't get the reference, but I believe it was a children's television programme where children could put figures such as head teachers, etc. into a gunge tank and then Dave Benson Phillips would press the button and, and Gunge would fall on them so which United player I'd say current United player Ed would you most like to see in a Gunge tank well I'd say Anderson because he frustrates the hell out of me but he'd probably just eat the Gunge that's gross I think I would put Rooney in a Gunge tank because I just think he needs occasionally he needs his feet kept on the ground you know he needs a, a little bit of a, a dent to his, his ego and, and it might help help with the flappy arms next time he flaps his arms at someone misplacing a pass they can just look at him and go yeah alright man but you were in a gunge tank at Trisha asks if you could sign one City player who would you sign Yaya Torre yeah that's the Yaya Torre the default answer of the Rantcast the official default answer but then this is kind of the, the slightly more interesting and definitely complex one if you could ship them one United player who would it be and it's not we're not allowed to have like reserves she says it's got to be first teamers Nani yeah, that's the answer, isn't it? Because you know, at some point, he's going to mess up a really crucial opportunity for them. Yeah, I think that's my answer as well. 
Which United player asks the Fletcher 24 they would do best on total wipeout? And is Raf and Tony the best right-sided combination since Genev and Bex? I'd say Raf and Tony is definitely the best right-sided combination we've had since the two of them. And as for which player would do best on total wipeout, actually I think the answer might be Nanny again because he could do some of them backflips over some of the obstacles and stuff. Well, he's pretty flexible, isn't he? Yeah. Phil Jones might gurn his way through. Yeah, that's true. Ryan Giggs could do some awesome yoga moves to get over stuff. Which Man United player would you most like to see on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here? Asks at Jack Hawkins 23. I hereby predict Ed is going to say Anderson and make some sort of food-related joke. No, because he'd be Instagramming it and going, F*** this and I'm going to McDonald's. It's a a good point. I think I would quite like to see Paul Scholes on any type of TV programme where there was like 24-hour coverage. Because, you know, we could get to know the man behind the myth. I think that would be good. Although, I don't think Scholes would stand for some of the nonsense you see on on those types of programmes, and no mistake. There'd be some two-footed tackles flying in, if I'm not much mistaken. At office underscore monkey asks if you could sign any cult player from football manager or championship manager history for Manchester United, who would it be? Uh, well, I had a very fine side with Ibrahima Bakayoko in it, and uh, he, he was absolutely awesome in, in whichever football or championship manager. I can't remember. Uh, it, I guess he was championship manager at that stage. 97-98 is the one you're thinking of, Ed. There you go. This this dates me a bit, doesn't it? You know, so <laughs> playing football games 15 years ago. Uh, and yeah, he was absolutely awesome. And it, I was crushed, crushed, I tell thee, when he actually turned up in the Premier League for Everton and was completely and utterly gash. No question whatsoever in my mind that Walter Smith signed him on the strength of his stats on 97-98. It's the only logical explanation for it. I think that just about does it for Twitter questions and we'll move on to a preview of that massive game at the mighty giants of the Midlands that are Aston Villa FC. Yeah, mighty giants. They're not exactly mighty giants, are they? Yeah, but Terrible. But then they, they've been in a slump for about 50 years now, so, you know, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised about that one, should we? Trip to Villa Park's always good fun though, isn't it? You know, I, I, it's a great atmosphere normally at Villa Park, at, at least from the away fans, maybe not the home fans. It's the one game of the season the home fans actually bother to turn up. And you'd expect in United's current form that we'll go there and, and be seeking a, a good and confident victory. Yeah, I've been trawling the internet trying to see if anyone's got a spare for the away end. Loads of people saying no, but tickets are on general sale in the home end. So if you're prepared to sit quietly and and watch from the home end, you could you could get to see it. But I have to say, having been in the whole end for the two all and having to sit on my hands, I, I vowed then I'm never doing that again. Well, I have to say I've been to dozens of games where the only tickets I could get were in the home end and uh, and it's never really that fun is it so you, you just kind of do it spectacular two goal comebacks within 10 minutes which are completely undeserved entirely against the run of play are particularly difficult to stomach when you're in the wrong end yeah so Villa changed their manager at the in the summer and it's not really done much good for them you know, just above the relegation zone at the moment and not looking very clever at the moment are they no I one, one win at home all season I have a theory that Paul Lambert will come good and that they'll have a decent second half of the season get themselves out of trouble because I do think Paul Lambert's genuinely a very talented football manager and I really hope he's not tainted by association with the sort of weird miserable vibe that hangs over Villa Park like a brummy cloud it's sort of I, I kind of hope in the end that he does turn it round uh, I, I would be I would be really really shocked if we don't win this one I think we've just got 
far far too much from them and they will they will raise the game because they're they are classic game raisers and as you say they, they do manage to fill the ground uh, when United come to town and so there, there might be some sort of atmosphere yeah Villa's problem is scoring goals so and, and and I know United's problem is conceding them but Villa just can't score goals and I think it is eight all season I think United scored eight in most games haven't they <laughs> Not quite, but you know, not far off. They're averaging over two goals a, a game at the moment, United, and I can't see Villa doing anything in this game. I just, I, I know they have raised their game on occasion against United, but they're not in the kind of form that tells me they're they're about to do that. They've lost five times in the last ten games. So they're they're just not playing very well. You know, I know United have been playing a little bit hot and cold, but I'd think you know back back in in England with a full strength side out, a couple of key players got a rest, and what, you know, at least a bit of a rest. Uh, over over the weekend and I think United will go there and win quite comfortably uh, yeah I, th- I think you might be right I might even predict a clean sheet no I think I think that seems far-fetched I think we might win 4-1 or something but no midweek game as well in the game ahead so even though there might be a few tired legs in the squad I imagine Fergie will play basically his full strength side whatever he perceives that to be yeah internationals uh, it's uh, not only a full international week is it but there are some in England are playing at least Oh right, okay. I'm yes. Ferguson will play the full strength side, and we'll we'll go from there. I, I think United will win quite comfortably. I suppose we could do some predictions, couldn't we? You know, are you sticking with your four-one? Because yeah, go on. It's ridiculous, but yeah, I'm going. I'm going with four-one. Right. I think. I think we're we're going to get some serious O Robin Van Persie action. Very very good. I, I know you like that kind of action, and I think I'm going to say three-nil. I think it'll be comfortable for United. Villa are rubbish. Yeah. That is true, that is true. I mean, you know, I can't help but feel slightly daunted by the fact that we're both predicting, uh, oh yeah, it's going to be completely fine, we're going to absolutely batter them, because it doesn't normally go that well when we do this. But it's basically like playing a lower division side, playing Villa at the moment. They really, really have been awful. But, you know, I wouldn't be completely surprised if it all gets horribly turned around and blows up in our faces, as these things are wont to do. Listen, Ed, the one thing I know we're not going to be able to match this week is the sheer genius of the playout song that you found for last week's show could you tell the listeners how you un- uncovered that absolute gem ah uh, well you know just a bit of bit of interneting and all of that it's uh, it was called ra 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 by the dollies available from all good record stores i think it's the b-side to a, a song celebrating the 1968 european cup win we've won the european that was my favorite bit i kind of wanted them to then like go cup but they never did at any point uh, we've actually had a request from at liz Worsley. Uh, for the play out song this week now there's there are many people in the world that don't like this band but you know we and we don't normally take requests but it's Lizzie's birthday week so happy birthday to you and um, also she did draw a cartoon of us so she does get slightly special treatment in the meantime, if you want to get hold of me, you can get me on Twitter at UTD Rantcast, spares wanted for away end at Villa. Um, if you want to get hold of Ed, that's at United Rant. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, feel free to do that. That would be extremely good of you. And you can also hit us up with a donation at unitedrant.co.uk slash donate. Do it! Give us the money! David Gill says you must. Gilluminati. <laughs> <laughs>